Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Red Hot Mark DeRosa with a three-game home run streak. Deep to right this time. Austin Kurtz will watch it go. Four in a row. With a wind blowing in. His seventh home run over his last 16 games. Former Cubs broadcaster Len Casper. He has gone to achieve his dream calling baseball on radio for the team now managed by the recidivist drunk driver. And that leaves an opening in the Cubs booth. That leaves a lot of opening all around the Cubs, on the field, off the field. Oh, my goodness. So we'll discuss that with our next guest. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We go to the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. And joining us now, Cubs insider, is Evan Altman. Evan, how are you doing today? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've gotten over the uh, the shock of the uh, the news that we got on on Thursday evening, and so it's just kind of a uh, kind of a realization that I think, in more ways than one, this Cubs team is is going to look and feel quite a bit different uh, in, in terms of how we consume them, how we watch them here over the next uh, at least the next year. So let's separate this. One of the things that you, me, and Mark, all of us in this business uh, often juggle or have trouble, at least I have trouble separating, is being being the jaded professional and being just a fan, when you can cheer, when you can hate, when you can love something. I mean, you can be emotional in our jobs, but there's certain things that, that um, you can't color outside certain lines. As a fan, you can pretty much do anything. Uh, the Your thought, your response, your your reaction as a Cubs fan to what you heard. Share that with us. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, it, and it cuts a lot, uh, along a couple of different lines, you know, one of which, the first of which is just, and, and certainly, you know, I grew up more with Harry Carey and, and Steve Stone. You know, that was the, the introduction to my fandom. But when you think about, the things that and, and Lynn came in, you know, right after that resurgent team of, of 2003 and, and was there through a lot of really low years and certainly that whole rebuild. But then was I mean, he really became a part of it uh, when you're watching those games on television. And this is someone who you essentially welcome into your home um, six or seven days a week for six months out of the year. And, uh, and it's, just, it's a familiar voice and especially 
over the last few years, the, the banter uh, between uh, him and, and Jim Deshays, it really is, is one of those that you feel sort of lost because at the same time as a fan, you're looking at this franchise that is clearly moving in different directions. And, you know, there was at least a thought that, okay, these things might be changing and, and gosh, I don't really like what the Cubs are doing personnel wise, but, I'm going to have this familiar voice to help carry me through this and, and to kind of guide me and, and he'll still be coming over. And, and now that is gone. And so you kind of get unmoored a little bit uh, from, from the one constant that even though players change and managers change, this guy's been there for 16 years. And I think as a fan, that's really difficult because now the unknown stretches beyond just player personnel and you're really left with sort of this, whole new outlook that that maybe you didn't want to have to have and so that that's that's where i fell right away just felt like something is is now missing and uh and i don't have that security blanket any longer and evan we can't get into every single candidate that might be out there to replace lund casper but give me like your top 20 go oh yeah well <laughs> 20 no, no. Does, um, uh, do you have a uh, a short list of of guys that you're thinking of, or have you not even gotten there yet? You know, and it's it, what's funny is, so I just did a a podcast prior to this, was asked that same question, and really just started stammering for a while because I, you know, I am admittedly, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a homer, but I'm not as well versed with other broadcasters from other teams. I mean, a, a couple of them. Uh, Joe Davis from uh, from Los Angeles, although you know that's kind of a I don't even I don't think we can even call that a lateral move at, at this point for somebody who's who's with the Dodgers organization that right. is, uh, at yeah. the top, right? Um, I mean, there's there, Corey Provis is a name that's come up, who's obviously got ties back to the Cubs, uh, who you know that's maybe a, a possibility. So you, you like I, I I would like to see them go in a similar direction to what happened, and, and you know I don't think. I think Len Casper was only there because maybe a couple of other options had fallen through for them, and he was a relative unknown at the time. I know they talk about big names, and that's that's kind of sexy when you look at it. But I, I kind of, hey, given the direction the team's going and kind of changing things up, maybe bring in somebody who can come in and sort of really come up through this and, and grow into the role a little bit, uh, in, in which case, you know, maybe it's somebody who's off the board entirely. But uh yeah, I don't. I don't have a good answer for you. I just know that I'd like to see someone who who does bring something a little different. Who's got some some personality that's not necessarily going to overwhelm the broadcast, but that but also someone who won't be kind of overshadowed by the moment. Talking with Evan Altman, Cubs insider here on the Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you, talking about the Cubs and the news that Len Casper was going to move to the White Sox to do radio, leaving an opening in the Cubs booth. And I, based on the statements from Marquis and from Crane Kenny, Crane Kenny made the odd statement of, we, we want a person, we want this next announcer to be somebody who fits in with Cubs culture and not ownership culture. He made the distinction. What did you, if anything, what did you gather from that? That, that was a worrisome comment to me um it, it felt like he was saying the quiet part out loud um or that at least that's what i wrote because i i think everyone has assumed or most people have assumed that that there certainly is a, a distinction between those two things um you know and, and you can ascribe that to whatever you you want i think there's maybe a, a variety of different things but 
Cubs culture and ownership culture should be indistinguishable, um, at, at least publicly. Uh, and so to kind of admit that, yeah, the corporate ownership side of things is absolutely different from what uh, from what the fans want. Uh, so, so that in and of itself, just providing those things as, as wholly separate kind of entities or or ideas was a little bit troublesome. But, but I think more than that is, and this is where a lot of fans have, uh, myself included, and, and even from an objective point of view, have some concerns is then if you've established that ownership culture and, and team or, or Cubs culture, and I'm doing air quotes, are different <laughs> things, that means you're having the people who are part of ownership culture trying to translate or interpret what that Cubs culture means. And, and so um, I don't know that everyone really trusts the folks in charge to be able to accurately define that and, and do something that the, the fans really want. I, that's, so again, that's a little bit troublesome to me on, on a couple fronts, just admitting it in the first place. And then how do you kind of reconcile those things when it comes to finding that next Cubs voice, who's going to be coming into fans living rooms for lack of a better term, uh, you know, for the next several months, for for weeks at a time. Evan, let me get on the field now. What did you think about the non-tendering of Kyle Schwarber? It was. Um, I, I hesitate to say I wasn't surprised. I mean, I still kind of felt as much as it seemed like a possibility that they would figure out a way to um, to, to work that out there. And, and, and I know they've said they they still can. That sort of feels like when you break up and you're like, we're still going to be friends, right? Yeah, we'll still <laughs> always be friends. And then, and then we, we all know that's not really true. Um, but, or, or maybe in a more accurate example, uh, when John Lester was traded away from Boston and the Red Sox felt like, yeah, we'll be able to resign him, you know, after he's right. done with the A's. And, and it's like, nah, I got a taste of free agency, man. Like I can go out here and look around a little bit. So, um, but it, you know, again, I, I don't think, if we look at the direction the team is is trying to take, or at least what it certainly seems like based on what they've said, that is one of those areas where, you know, wherever his salary was going to fall, maybe as high as $8 million or so, um, I, I think they sort of felt that we might not be able to, we certainly aren't going to replace the power uh, and maybe not even replace the, the offensive production, which was actually still really good despite a down year. But at a much lower cost, we can add – one or maybe two guys, especially if one's more of a short side platoon who can help out against left-handed pitching, which has been a real Achilles heel for the team over, over the last year or two, really, that they could do that at a lower cost. And, and so just from a very pragmatic point of view, uh, you know, it just came down to where do we have resources and where do we think we can kind of check a few boxes at a really low cost. And I think being able to find uh, one or two outfielders to do that it simply came down to they didn't they didn't even either didn't have or didn't want to have that eight million dollar price tag and and unfortunately he was a he was a victim of that and I, I think uh, I think he could benefit from a change of scenery especially if he's able to to find a park I mean God forbid he ends up going to Cincinnati but boy having him be able to hit out there and mash in that right field uh, would be that'd be the kind of thing and the Reds are used to having a really terrible outfielder who, who mashes from the left <laughs> side. They had Adam Dunn, so uh, yeah. they know what's going on there. And there I know what, uh, let me and let me let me make sure I'm I'm joking a little bit. Kyle Schwarber is a significantly better defensive player than Adam Dunn, as fans on the south side can probably attest. 
Maybe hits balls farther and harder. But So we're discussing all this, and I guess we have to get past the idea that I never think billionaires should worry about whether they have enough money in their organization. They should always have enough money. They're billionaires. They should be able to pay for all of this. Guys shouldn't have to be non-tendered or cut. You're a billionaire. you got all this money. Um, but it's gone farther than that, than the non-tenders. And you bring up the point, again, a year later, um, and I agreed with you last year when you brought up that Wilson Contreras probably had the most trade value or at least as much as Javi Baez for different, you know, it, it, they play different positions, but what their value might be was the same. And you get the feeling now they are open to it or what is, who do you think is a leading candidate of the core remaining to be traded and why? Yeah, I mean, it, it, certainly, if you if you see all the reports and, and, and just going back even to 2018, uh, you know Chris Bryant's at the top of the list. Although that would be more of a, a salary relief move at this point, just given how how much he's going to earn and the fact that he's um, you know has not come back to to reestablish his health yet. But Contreras, really, when you look at two years of control versus one for virtually everyone else. Uh, the fact that, again, he, he had a little bit of a down year, but still a, a solid offensive campaign and, and significantly improved his defense. Um, so you're, you're looking at, at a guy who's still in the upswing. At the same time, if the Cubs are looking at this, they've got depth at catcher. Uh, if they feel like Victor Caratini can return to his form of 2019, you've got kind of a starter on a regular, everyday basis. You bring in an, an older veteran maybe at a really cheap cost to, to back him up. And then you've got Miguel Amaya, one of the top prospects coming up. Uh, in two years, say they hold on to Contreras and do not extend him, you're talking about a guy who's going to be entering his age 31 season at that point. And for someone who relies on so much athleticism, it's possible that, that they're looking at it saying, well, you know, these last two years are the best we're going to get out of him. Maybe we can get a return similar to or better than what the Marlins got for JT Realmuto. And you talk about maybe getting a top-end pitching prospect with a major league-ready uh, player, uh, maybe the left fielder we were talking about, something like that. So if they're, that, that's the one move with Contreras that could not only clear a little bit of money off the books, but would bring back a meaningful return in terms of prospects that could really impact the team and, and help them kind of in this next stage over the next two or three years. Did I miss something? Mark, are we missing something? Okay, is Evan still there, or are we? I'm I'm still here. Oh, yeah. All right. I apologize. I don't know. We're we're doing this thing, and I can't see. And we're, Evan. You had a you had a reaction to what Matt Spiegel tweeted during uh, Inside the Clubhouse. He and Bruce Levine on Inside the Clubhouse regarding Peter Gammon's uh, statement about Chris Bryant. Quote: Whoever gets the opportunity to find out why the fun has drained out of his baseball life. Well. Will get a great, great hi mark oh hey oh hi mark <laughs> what? Hi, okay. I, I don't know what happened it's a saturday suckage at its I best guess so. <laughs> so the fun goes out for chris bryant according to peter gammons and he's going to find it somewhere else and evan you didn't quite agree with all that my first response was well of course it's not fun he's hurt every year what did you think what's your response to that yeah i mean i i, I think um I mean, first of all, you're talking about a guy who, from the jump, uh, with with being a, and it, talk about the irony that could take place if the, if the Cubs were to not even get anything, or if they if they trade him for pennies on the dollar, 
uh, you know, they spent all this time to manipulate him to within a day of his of his service time deadline and may not even get much out of that final year. Uh, that would be just tremendous. But uh, but he's known from an early, early time that this game is a business. Um, you know, clearly there's a service time grievance. And, and that has not impacted his desire to, to stay in Chicago, to be able to stick around and sign an extension. But it did make him very well aware from the start that this is no longer, you know, this isn't a little league, this isn't travel ball, it's not even college. This is professional baseball. I am doing this as a job. And uh, and that isn't to say he's not ever had fun, but nothing's really drained that out. But but as you mentioned, too, he's he's been hurt. He's had to struggle through some of this stuff and really play through these injuries that have hampered him uh, this last year in particular was not great. And then, and then again, you know, you come off of 2016 and you've had these diminishing returns as a team. That stuff's all there. I, I do think this idea that, you know, there's some fountain of youth or, or fountain of fun, whatever we want to call it, to be to be found somewhere else. Like some team will unlock this potential that is drained away. Uh, again, as I, as I tweeted, it's, it's melodramatic. That, that's not the case. There's nothing that's eroded that, that moving to some other team will, will rekindle, right? But um, I think as with anything, if he's healthy, well, then – of course he's going to feel better about things, and his numbers are going to be better, and everybody's going to look at things. I think where a lot of the fun has kind of eroded or a lot of the um, – is just from the surrounding, from be it from fans or, or whomever, who are kind of looking at Bryant as, as some sort of a bust or, you know, as, as we're just not seeing him reach his potential. But, uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think that was some uh, speculation on, on Mr. Gammon's part, and I certainly don't want to – uh, impugn his credentials in any way. The guy is a legend, but I do. I feel like he was kind of maybe speaking out of school a little bit on that front. Hey, Evan, are you comfortable with Jed Hoyer to build this thing back up as the next Theo Epstein? You know, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh, certainly, you know the the change of direction or change of leadership that Theo Epstein talked about and, and had for a while. It, it's a little bit odd that you know the really all that means is you're now you're just elevating people up the spot essentially but you know it, it, i think we are going to see a different direction or a different tone in that you know theo was i don't want to say he well, maybe he relished it or reveled in it i mean he certainly enjoyed some of the trappings of celebrity that came with his role and, and i think in hoyer you are seeing somebody who's maybe going to be a little bit more pragmatic uh we, we heard a lot about a, a, the season of reckoning and, and accountability and urgency. And we heard that from Theo for, for a couple of different winters and then never really saw anything happen as a result of that. And whether it's just a product of circumstance and necessity or not, some of those changes are going to have to occur now under Hoyer. And I, and I think by the very nature of his job, he is going to have to be a, a little bit more of, uh, you know, more pragmatic than just kind of, hoping that the core puts it back together. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as confident as can be, although it is they've talked for the last two winters about having to thread this needle and being really careful with payroll while also uh, trying to keep some of these guys together or maybe extend a couple players, keep the team competitive. So, um, you know, time will tell, but I am pretty confident, at least as, as confident as can be, given all the unknowns we've got, that sure. I think he's the right man for the job. And I, and I, let me let me say this though too, more than Hoyer himself, I think especially with the uh, with the internal promotions that we've seen and with 
the likely who we think or, or whoever the new GM is going to be, and I think there's a certainly one leading candidate. I really like the leadership structure that is set up there all the way through down to the minors, where I do think they've got a lot more of that infrastructure in place to kind of guide the development that's been lacking over the last uh, eight or nine years. Well, I hope to see something positive come out of all this. Evan, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for giving up part of your Saturday for us. No, I, I appreciate it a lot, and I, I hope Mark's able to stay on the line the rest of your show uh, so you know you don't have any of those other issues again. <laughs> no, nah, it wouldn't be Saturday suckage if both of us were uh, on the air at the same time. But thanks thanks again. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> all right, see you Evan later, Alvin. man. Cubs and by the way, Evan Stevie yeah. Sunshine, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just – tap dancing all over you sometimes this still happens when we can't see each other but i i would like to get into one thing on the cubs that evan brought up in our hopefully in our next segment or later in the show i don't know what we have planned but i want to get into the a theory i have about jed hoyer and this whole as evan referred to it as threading the needle with finances and things like that i have a theory on Jed Hoyer, that he loves everything that is going on right now as it pertains to that. I want to share that with you. And I also want to know what was going on in that little moment where I lost connection because I now see an email from you that says I lost sound in my my yeah. headphones. Well, that what? was from when I what happened? That was one for I. Well, that's when I disappeared. When you disappeared, okay. it was just like, Did we Hello? both disappear? Was and it this, Evan this... Altman Radio? Yes, we were. You know what? We need the Bob Brenly. This show needs a Bob Brenly cut of we're in a vortex of horse crap. That's that's what we need to do again. That's Saturday suckage. And you know what? I have to say that that's very fitting because we on Saturday suckage have a new coach. He's uh, you'll hear him at the end of this lockout here. It's um, it's Mike Tomlin. So I tell you what we're going to do when we come back. I would like to make sure we have enough time to do all of what Mark heard. So that's oh, what I want to do next. I think that'd Great. be a way to do it. We will be able to get your Cubs ideas later on in the show. And we will bring we will replay Len Casper's last interview on the score for the time oh, being. Good, anyways. good. really good, that. really good. He did that with Parkins and Spiegel yesterday. We will bring that back. But for now, what Mark heard and what he should have heard is like the sound of of Akeem Hicks clapping because they need to clap him back in so they can stop the running game tomorrow. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. This is Saturday Suckage. Mike Tomlin is our new coach here on The Score. Uh, sucking. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We don't have turds on this team. It's time for What Mark Heard, a rundown of the best sound coming out of Hallis Hall this week on Saturday Suckage with Mark Brody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Saturday Suckage is back. We have our new coach, Mike Tomlin. Means our coach is better than the Bears coach. And now we're going back to our signature segment, What Mark Heard. Mark Rohde, what did you heard this week? Let's start with the defense because they came into focus this week. I think every single coach, every single player was asked about Matt Nagy somewhat undressing the defense after a poor performance against Green Bay last week where they gave up 30-something points when you add it up and you take away the Mitch Trubisky fumble and subsequent touchdown by Green Bay. So I had to kind of sift through some of these, and I found what I thought was the best answer to this question of, you know, did it bother you that Matt Nagy was so critical of the defense? Here is what Akeem Hicks said. I thought this was the best response. I like tough coaching. My personal prescription, I've always had tough coaches and I've always had people that are not afraid to uh, get after you and and tell you what it is and what it isn't. So um, I I respect it. I enjoy it. I I enjoy meeting that challenge. For instance, there was a game earlier this year. Maybe it was, um, I don't remember what game it was, but we gave up a considerable amount of rushing yards. And one of the things that he told us was that we look like Swiss cheese out there. And um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming to, coming to me and telling me, you know, that I need to be better, that that the team needs to be better, that there's something that I, I need to improve on. So uh, anytime there's there's the uh, tough verbiage, I, I enjoy it and I enjoy trying to meet that challenge. So I was good with it. I thought that was the, the most important voice for Matt Nagy to hear in terms of maybe being a little bit relieved that he maybe got away with the critiques that he made about the defense when some thought that maybe he would lose the locker room for having done that. But there's Hicks, again, probably the biggest voice in that defense, and saying something like that where he not only is cool with it, but he embraces it. What do you think, Steve? Oh, that's coming from a guy who didn't play last week, so he really wasn't criticized. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good and point. I, you know, I think all players have 
all players want to be coached hard in private. They do not want it to be made public. And I think that's the, that's what Matt Nagy is trying to straddle. And that's why I'm coming out and criticizing the defense was so uh, newsworthy. Because, you know, Tony Dungy said his guys quit. And then Matt Nagy said was critical of his guys. And then, oh, my God, I back these guys. And Tony Dungy walks it back. And it's it's really stupid. If you thought they quit, say it. That's it's simple. That's your opinion. You're there to give your opinion based on what you saw and give it your your profile. That's if you're Tony Dungy. Now, the coach has a trickier thing. His credibility hangs. He doesn't need his credibility to be with the public because if he did, he would never support Mitch Trubisky. So Matt Nagy needs his credibility to be in the locker room. I don't know what it is, but it sounded like he felt he might be losing the locker room. But but a guy's who didn't play, but as you said, the acknowledge, he's like the conscience of that defense. It's so important. Yes. Nobody's going to run against this team if he's there. He's not there, and all of a sudden, Green Bay, and they admitted it, uh, Tony Dungy um, and Mike Tirico, or uh, not Mike Tirico, whoever. Tony Dungy was saying that. It was Tirico and Dungy, yeah. It was Tirico. And they were saying that in talking with Matt LaFleur, they could run more plays than they thought because Akeem Hicks wasn't there. And yeah. by the way, Khalil Mack was. But does he He looks hurt. He showed up on the injury report. He's listed as questionable today. I don't know if Khalil Mack was going to be part of anything you did today, but le- that leads me to this really important question. Akeem Hicks, will he play? Khalil Mack, will he play like Khalil Mack? It's a good question, man. I He hasn't been lately. You know, what is he at? No. Six and a half sacks for the season? And when, you know... Back injuries, like hamstring injuries, which mm-hmm. Akeem Hicks had had, tricky, tricky, and completely unpredictable. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I do. You mentioned Tony Dungy several times in the comments that he had made. He had yeah. indicated or said. I keep saying indicated. He said that it looks like the Bears defense has quit. He said that that's the way it looked at one point. So a reporter brought that idea up to the Bears defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano. On the NBC telecast, Tony Dungy at one point, his indication was that it looked like the defense had given up at one point. Was that the case? And what is your reaction to that comment? Yeah, I never heard that until now. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. (laughs) I don't pay, I don't pay any attention to any of that stuff. So that, that you don't agree with that then? Our guys never give up. I'll fight anybody tooth and nail on that. And I love Tony. I got great respect for Tony and everybody can see it, but we don't, I don't pay any attention to that stuff. Our guys don't ever quit. They would never give up. How about the weird, uncomfortable laugh from that reporter right there who asked yeah. that question? And who, um, who, do you want to not, you want to identify the reporter or you just not want to uh, expose? It was Mark, hold on. Cause I have all Mark Grote. Grote, G-R-O-T-E, G-R-O-T-E. I should say, too, for clarification, because it's on Zoom, not that this has to be clarified, but when Chuck said that, he was smiling. And that's why I gave him the the weird giggle. So, But there there is Chuck Pagano denying that he had heard it. Methinks he probably had heard it, Steve. Mm-hmm. And I agree. saying the right thing that, yeah, of course, no, this defense doesn't quit, and uh, he'll fight you. Well, I don't want to fight. Chuck Pagano, I just no, don't want his no. defense to suck. I want him to try. I mean, it, again, that's the the public version of that. You, then you go coach him hard. Who knows? Maybe you go back behind closed doors and say, you guys did quit. You gave up. You were too soft. You were mm-hmm. weak. You were soft. Yeah. And 
get that's the public-private way that a lot of coaches work, and I understand that. The credibility is more important inside the meeting rooms than it is outside in, in with the public like us commenting on it. Right. You like you you take them and you you show them that you put the the DVD in of the game and you say, guys, you guys know who Tony Dungy is, right? Here's his resume. Here's the credibility factor. Here's what Tony Dungy has done. Listen to what Tony Dungy said about you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys like that? You got and and Chuck Pagano too. We didn't have all of the audio from their response, but he went on to say, "Hey, I love Tony Dungy, but you know, so he he does have. This ain't just some anybody saying this. This is a a guy who made his name." from being a defensive coach and won a Super Bowl and all that. So I'm positive, positive that Chuck Pagano knew about it and probably mm-hmm. even showed it to everybody. Right, um, and, then, and then there was legendary football mind Homer Simpson to go along with that, of the suckiest bunch of sucks who ever sucked. So <laughs> That's right, that. that's right. What's, what's next? What else did you heard? Here's what else I heard. Here's what I heard. Yeah, okay. So a, a lot of the questioning too this week was about the Detroit Lions and the firing of Matt Patricia. By the way, real quick sidebar on Matt Patricia. Why does everybody call him Matt Patrichka? You notice that? Yes. I don't get I it. I don't know why. Like it's one of those cases where that's actually harder to say than Matt Patricia. It is Matt Patricia. There, it is. There is no. That way. It, there is no yeah. Itchka. There is no Ditka. It is no. Patricia. My friend, Matt Patrichka, my friend. He's so, been fired, my friend, just like Ditka, my friend. That's right. Ditka. So, Anthony Miller. So, of all the people that were asked, I thought Anthony Miller had my favorite response to the question of, hey, what do you think about Detroit and firing Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel's taking over? Boy, they're a mess. Here's Anthony Miller. I honestly don't care about their coaching change. Uh, I, I'm just focused on the Chicago Bears and what we need to do to get a win, to get back in that groove again. Uh, I just think it's it's long overdue. Us losing games, that's not us at all. So I feel like we got business to handle, and um, we just need to focus on getting that win. Ding, ding, ding. We don't care about Detroit because we've got our own problems, Steve, and that was a refreshing, and I do believe, the correct answer to the question. Actually, I don't, because I, here's why I disagree with that, is that you're not guaranteed that Darrell Bevel is going to be as stupid as Matt Patrichka. <laughs> yeah. You, you, uh-huh. you think that Darrell Bevel will figure out, well, Mitch Trubisky, who's 4-0, uh, as against the Detroit Lions because they play a bunch of man-to-man. That's the one defense he can figure out. And and we're not going to play man-to-man defense. We are, we're not going to play man defense. We're going to play zone. We're going to play zone because he can't read it. He can't figure it out, and we can make him look stupid. And you you suddenly realize that you, by, by the stupidity that had previ- preceded you, the new coach, you might see a change. I would think that if I were a Bears receiver, I would say, what do they look like when they play zone? Where am I going to settle mm-hmm. into this? How am I going to get open? So I think that's a stupid, not a stupid response. I think it is not a complete response. It's uneducated in the NFL ways. I understand the point. we got our own problems. We can't worry about them. 
but you have to worry about them. They're going to be in the on the field on the other side of you, and they might be some, doing something different. Are you prepared for it? And in a lot of ways, recently, the Bears have not been prepared for anything. They've not been prepared for stuff they've seen on the field. That's kind of scary. That's why that bad res- that response to me is bad and it resounds. Okay, I guess we disagree on that. But and, and Miller's had some big games against Detroit, so hopefully he knows that there are things yeah. that he will be able to exploit against yeah. the. Hopefully, you know, if like you said, if Daryl Bevel is as dumb as Matt Petrichka, um, then we shall see. All right, let me move on here to Matt Nagy, and we are tracking these types of questions. He has now been in his three years here. Um, unless I miss something, he's been asked twice about his job security. And it again occurred this past Monday. Here's Matt Nagy. No, I'm not. I, I just think that right now with our team that, you know, this is the stuff through the, the season that you go through. And it's, it's about fighting adversity. It's about building cultures and staying together. And that's where we're at. And so that's what, that's what I do. That's what our coaches do. That's what our players do. We stick together and um, we understand where we're at and, and that when you have games like this, you got to figure out, you got to soul search and you got to be able to stop the bleeding. And, um, you know, there's a couple of directions you can go. But, uh, you know, my job as a leader is to make sure that they understand that. And obviously the last five weeks has been extremely difficult. It's not fun. Um, and, and because we all want to win and we know that. But uh, the, the one reason why I'm here is, is to fight and to lead. And that's that's what I think is most important during these times. And when you go through these times, uh, how do you respond? And I think that's the test of true character. I, I will say, Steve, that he's been pretty good at answering these questions without stumbling through them and not really yeah. resenting the questions either. I will I will give him that. And I'm still like, I don't know how you feel, but I'm still surprised that we're here. That the, based on the way this tenure started with Matt Nagy and the way he talks and the big ideas and the approval rating that he had once had, it's shocking to me that we're here. I, I'm not. I, you've seen this devolution since December of his first season and then the, the playoff loss and the lack of offense in that game. And then you saw the way... They finished at 500 last year because they they should have been seven and nine if they played a Vikings team that was really a Vikings team and not one that was resting everybody. And now they're under 500 again. Clearly, Mr. Trubisky was getting worse. The offense was doing nothing. He was brought in here to do that, and and you see so many of these pieces falling apart. And I think, as we discussed last week, that whatever that Mitch Trubisky, like Mike Glennon, is. That's on Ryan Pace. Nick Foles is on Nagy. It should not have been that ugly. It should not have been that difficult. They're they both have blame here. So I think I, I think you're right that Nagy's handling it in as smooth a way as possible. I'm not I, I'm I expected us to be here because his it's been called into question since that offense has sucked and gotten worse. And my God, what do they do at halftime? Eat fudge and then then come out on the field and, and just take naps? That's awful what they do in the the worst third quarter team in the NFL. With an bizarre. offensive genius. I mean, everything points to him. They're they lead the league in penalties. Quit 
Why? You're not communicating on the sideline. You have to call a timeout after pulling off a successful fake punt. That's bad coaching, bad offensive coaching. So we're there, and I understand he's he's given an answer for himself and for his team, and we need to stay focused. We got one game in front of us, and good for him. That's the way it has to be. All right, one more quick cut before we take the break. Okay. Mitch Trubisky, and this this goes back to Matt Nagy. I just thought this was interesting to hear Mitch Trubisky be kind of honest about his relationship with Matt Nagy, the back and forth, and the the trying times of of Mitchell Trubisky's play. Yeah, it's it's been up and down, just like the season, really. Um, when 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 I was uh, benched, I, I gave him a little more space so he could have that time to to talk with Nick. And now that I'm back in it, we're communicating a lot more. And now that Coach Laser is calling the plays, I'm communicating a lot with him, but also staying on the same page with Coach Nagy. And um, just being a leader on this team and also being a quarterback, it's important for just to have that open communication with the coaches and just to keep everyone together, especially since we're uh, going through just a tough time in the season right now. And the focus for us is being 1-0, keeping this team together, um, leaders stepping up and leading, um, doing it with action. And it starts on the practice field today. And um, just enjoying playing football and make sure we're all doing our jobs. And that communication is definitely at the forefront and just being open, honest, and make sure we're always putting the team first. What a strange thing, because when Matt Nagy came in, the relationship with Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky was 100 miles per hour. It was everything. It was all anybody talked about. It was all the offensive coordinators or assistants had talked about. And then all of a sudden, it's Nick Foles and Trubisky to the background. So it's just interesting how they had to take the 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 foot off the proverbial gas pedal with that relationship and with that play on the field. I will not miss these sappy, diabetes-inducing bites and statements from Mitch Trubisky when he's gone. How come everybody intercepts every pass, but they can't intercept him from stringing all these dumbass cliches together? That was just, I do not want to hear that again. I never want to hear that again. He doesn't speak. There's nothing honest or credible there. It's just a string of cliches that he, he thinks a leader should say. And it's not. Leadership is just act, do, talk. Don't sound like you're reading from a script. That is just so horrible. Okay, we have to stop this now. I whatever you heard. I'm Mark, sorry, I failed. Was, I guess I failed the final. No, 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 sound no. Like no you, yeah, you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that to us, so we never have to hear that again. Watching a lot of film and studying it like the back of my hand. Stop so. it, Stifler. Gave you a chance to get stop that off it. your chest. So I, I did you a service, oh, Steve Rosenblum. He's, he's worse than Tebow. He's, he comes off as needing a bigger <laughs> drool cup oh, than Tebow with all the stupid cliches he's stringing together. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want you to share your Judd Hoyer, Jed Hoyer theory with us here on the score. Does that work for you? Yeah, man. I'll get the dumbass Mitch Trubisky cliche taste out of my mouth. All right. <laughs> Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage. Mike Tomlin, save us. Be our new coach on the score. Tunnel vision, earmuffs. Uh, sucking. Trying to get some of these TVs in the building turned off. You've been incredibly active and engaged this year. Now, Stifler, our new producer after Trash Panda is just trolling me. Mr. Trubisky is just a string of cliches. He just sounds like he needs a drool cup and give him some big Legos and he'll be happy. All right. It's Shawnee, by the way. Like that's that's Sean Anderson. He can't give Trash Panda credit. Now you got to give it to Stifler. 
Right, that's Stifler, Sean William Anderson. He's our he's Stifler. All right, so so Mark Rohde, Jed Hoyer is in is in a sitch. His current sitch. What do you think of his current sitch? A lot of people are sympathetic towards Jed Hoyer because of the era in which we live right now. Being the president of baseball operations of the Chicago Cubs may be more complicated than it once was because of the, as Tom Ricketts put it, the biblical losses of the team. Tough decisions have to be made. One was made in letting Kyle Schwarber go and ultimately accept the highest bid if he so chooses, does Kyle Schwarber. But here's the thing, Stevie Sunshine. I think, I strongly believe that Jed Hoyer kind of likes the idea that he doesn't have this big barrel of cash with which to work, that he can do his own rebuild or own refresh or own build, however you want to characterize it, utilizing the draft, using players that he's identified throughout the league as the next thing. Because guys like Jed Hoyer and before him, Theo Epstein, they get off on this kind of thing. They don't just want to sign a bunch of free agents. You know, they're going to sign some free agents. They're going to do that to supplement, but they want to create something. It's like Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park. He doesn't want to just be fed. He wants to hunt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I, I never I think... thought Jed Hoyer would be compared to a T-Rex. Oh, yeah. No, it all <laughs> comes okay. back to... <laughs> You can't just tie that little goat up. For Jed Hoyer and hope, <laughs> and just make it easy for him. He <laughs> wants to put his stamp on it and do something original and create something. And eventually, he probably would like to go to Tom Ricketts and say, "I would now like a, you know two hundred million dollars to sign said player." But I believe that yes, Jed Hoyer is going to have excuse makers for him, and maybe even Jed Hoyer will use it as an excuse. But I think deep down inside. He loves this. He loves that he can now put his own stamp on it and be creative. I I think you're right. The rules have changed since Theo and Jed were able to game the system in a lot of different ways for for draft picks, for for money, for the way you could make trades, for whatever advantages you have. There's a lot of loopholes that have been closed. So the the old playbook they used uh, now has to be redone. And I do think that Jed is a guy who who is, um, I, I first heard Mike Keenan say this, and I believed it, 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 it's still to be true. Spin your options every day. What's out there for you? And mm. I think Jed, Jed is that guy. What Now, what are the loopholes now? How can we game the system? What's out there for us now? Plus, I think there's a, I thought you were going to this place, but it's, but it's close, that whatever he does for Tom Ricketts now, he gets to go to him and say, can I, I need a bigger allowance now. When he meets Tom Ricketts' goals, right? Isn't that what yes. you're thinking? Is it? I did. Yes. When I do this for you, you have to do this for me. Right. I do yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And did you yeah. see that text? This is great. I guess that makes this show Tyrannosaurus sucks. Oh my God! No, I didn't see that. But thank you very much. And, so good. Um... <laughs> you will be having uh, 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 dinosaurs on your uh, 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 dinosaur tour. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Life uh, uh, finds uh, a way. Uh, 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 well, uh, 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 there it is. Tyrann- there it is. We are. Tyrannosaurus sucks. And our second signature statement after what Mark heard is now coming up. Uh, <clears throat> it is, what are you doing, Wagner? 
Oh, and yes. We, we now have several White Sox announcers who have said that, and um, some serious, some mockingly. But here's here's a theme. That we, the first item we're going to start with, that actor, and you've been around this, athletes think they can be actors, and actors think they can be athletes, and they all dream of being rock stars. So in one confluence of an anniversary day, we will bring all of that to you or some of that, or whatever. That's what Saturday Suckage is all about. We have a new coach. We have, uh, what are you doing, Wegner? And our new coach is Mike Tomlin to lead us through on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, Sucking. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.